Hey everybody, before we kick off today's episode, Antonio T. Smith Jr. here, and I just want to tell all of you that if you're an avid learner of self-growth, if you want to change the quality of your life, I'm on my major events, WonderCon 2024, it's almost here. The dates are March 17th through March 22nd, that is 2024, and you can go to the website inside the show links to get to all the information there. It's in Houston, Texas. There's also a bunch of opportunity for online tickets as well. So you can watch the event live. Plus, you get the opportunity to keep the video for life as well. With an array of expert speakers, including myself, interactive workshops and a plethora of experiences, it promises to be a transformational event that you've never seen before. Please know in person there are limited spaces available and get all the details to secure a spot on the show notes. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better, you can dominate. Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr., where ideas ignite change and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix. A Master Plan for Black Group Economics with Wealth Creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within Black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book, it's a movement, a call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear, drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of the Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Right. Good morning, Grin Rising. Hello, everyone. 
today, yay, today we're actually going to continue on with retraining your subconscious mind and how to actually get your blessings. But today is going to be more of a conversational day. Um, the reason why we ask everyone to have a pen and pad available is because I'm going to be asking questions. And there are going to be certain things that um, you may want to write down. There may be, give me one quick second. Yeah, the kid's home today because he wasn't feeling too hot this morning. Pain in the eye, you know. Kids nowadays, you, you got to be careful because you go to school. Next thing you know, you getting getting a phone call from the nurse. Hey, <laughs> need you to come get your kids. So, pink <laughs> eye, get him out of here, <laughs> right? <laughs> Look, he has been he has been medicated since like five thirty this morning, and he's. I told him, I said, okay, you rest today, and then he decided he wanted to get up and do planks, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, but. So if y'all hear something in the background, that's just a kid. All right. Okay, so today, um, I asked everyone, asked Grace when she sent out reminders this morning, um, because I wanted everyone to make sure you had a pen and pad available to take notes and everything, because we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about more details on retraining your subconscious mind and how to actually get your blessings. I'm going to ask you questions. And then there are going to be some things that I'm going to ask you to write down because what you can account for, you can control. And bless you. And we're, we're doing thing. Uh, we're going to be discussing everything based on the conversations that we had yesterday with Antonio while he was teaching. So this, the first thing we want to talk about is the importance of the 5% focus. We want to understand. Oh, thank you so much, Grace. Mr. Phil, I was reminded that you have the first 15 minutes. So the floor is yours. Well, it goes right into the, what is that 5%? And this is an exercise that helps you understand what your 5% is. And it takes, uh, it's going to take about 15 minutes, but I call it the two minute drill. You need three sheets of paper or two sheets of paper front and back because we're going to ask you three sets of questions. And you're going to just, we're just, we're pulling this from your subconscious mind as well as your subconscious conscious mind. So get, get everybody, everybody get some pans and papers in front of you. So I'm going to give you two minutes and I want you to write down your big time goals. Have a million dollars in cash, drive a Porsche, uh, pay off. One of our goals is help our kids pay off their student debt, uh, eat a whole cheesecake, travel around the world. I want you know, the big, hairy, audacious goals, goals like that Antonio is talking you know, 10x what you think you're going to go. You got two minutes. I just want you to write down your big time goals, your things you really want to accomplish. Anybody got any questions? All right, so you got two minutes to write down. So, um, Sandra got on. You might want to give a just a quick repeat of what the first step is for her. Well, I haven't done it yet. 
Okay, big Sandra, you want to write down your big time goals, what you really want to accomplish, where you want to end up, um, how much cash do you want to have, how, how many millionaires do you want to make? You know, just the, the big, the bigger, the better. You just be creative. All right, so we're going to give you two minutes, and I'm tight. Ready? Go. Okay, finish your thought. Susan, I didn't see you writing. You're not doing it. You're supposed to. What this exercise does, it helps you to understand what you want. If we're gonna say, what's your top 5%, well, you gotta know what you want to put into that 5%. And that's what we're doing here. Okay, so now I'm gonna give you another two minutes to either continue writing down your goals, embellish what you've written, or eliminate what you've written. Any questions? You have another two minutes. These are the big, hairy, audacious goals, what you really want to accomplish. When it's time to go see Dorothy and Toto, what you have put together. Mr. Phil, what do embellish means? Uh, expand, clarify. Okay. Thank you for asking. Now, All right, repeat, ready? repeat the question again. You're going to continue to write down your big goals. You got two minutes. Now you can either... Either continue to write down goals, expand what you've written, or eliminate what you've written. It's a time to review what you've written down to either add to it, make it more clear, or eliminate. Okay, go.
travel around the world. Find your soulmate. Finish your thought. What do you think about that exercise? A little feedback. What do you think about what we just did? I loved it because it makes you it makes you actually write down your goals without limitation. Excellent. Because we always write out goals, but we write them within expectation. But for me, it was without being in the box, without focusing on whatever limitations are currently in place. Great. Prophet Jerry, your hand is up. Well, for me, it's like instead of just saying it, I've been saying this for some years and never written it down. So now I see it. It's going to make me go after it more. And some things, some things that I wanted before Renee and now some things with Renee. Yeah. And this is a growing list. I mean, you know, this isn't, you can't write anything else down as it goes, we're going down. Anybody else about this one before we go on to the next step? Tracy said it reminded her of what she's supposed to be focused on. Very good. Okay, the next step is what do you want to accomplish in the next one, three to five years? So I'm going to give you two minutes to think about what do you want to accomplish in the next three to five years? I'm going to give you two minutes. Ready, ready, ready? Go.
Okay, finish your thought. Any feedback, any perception? Okay, so I'm gonna give you another two minutes either, either continue to write down what you want to accomplish in the next three to five years. Well, we got Sandra raised, oh, she's clapping. Raised, I'm gonna give you two, another two minutes to either continue to write those down, embellish what you've written down or eliminate what you've written down. You got two minutes. Quick question, Mr. Phil. Finish, finish your thought. Finish your thought. Yes. Debt free and fixed by credit. Is that the same thing or no? No. Okay. Thank you. You may have to. You may have to fix your credit to become debt free, but it's not the same. Thank you. Two minutes is a long time, isn't it? When you do it this way, you <laughs> be done yet. Another thing, if you notice, and I'm giving you permission to, you may use this technique on anybody you want to, with your kids, with your spouse. I'm giving you permission to go ahead and use this. This is something that, that just use it any way you want to. If you notice during the two minutes, I'm not talking. I'm wanting you to get this out of your subconscious mind. I want you to be deep, deep into it. I want you to get your database and get it. It's getting things that are in you out into the open, just like Prophet Jerry said when, when we had our first break. Okay, now this next one, when I first started doing this with people, I really, I was kind of uncomfortable about doing it. And then when I tell you what it is, you'll understand why. But the more I do it, the more I say, this is, this is probably the most important one. We've just found out in six months, you're going to transfer from the physical to the non-physical. You're going to re-identify yourself. You're going to die. Money is no object. How would you live the last six months? of your life. 
Two minutes. Money is no object. Finish your thought. Now this is gonna become a living document. Don't think just because you do this, you're done and put this away. You'll add stuff, you'll take stuff out, you'll scratch up. This is just a way to get things out into the open, get them down. When Susan and I connote, this is, this is one of the first things we use with our clients is this. And then we use the uh, uh, standout assessment. And then we work back from there because before we can connote your client, we gotta find out what do you want? You know, which, what, what do you want to accomplish? So you final two minutes, either embellish, continue to write, embellish what you've written, or eliminate what you've written. You got six months, you're on, you're on this planet for the next six months. How would you limit? Money is no object. Sorry, Mr. Bill, can you repeat that, please? What, for the next six minutes? Six months. You got six months, you're going to be on this planet. You're going to, be, you're going to die in six months. Money is no object. How would you live the last six months of your life? And now we're in the second phase where we're either expanding and eliminating or embellishing.
your thought. We've done this with hundreds of people and it's amazing. It's fun too, like a year from now to take it back out or if you use it as a working document, you, 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 you take things off your list. You don't even know you're doing it. You do it subconsciously because you asked for the universe, the universe gets it to you. Any other, any other feedback or impressions? Or what do you, what do you think of that exercise? Rafat? Your hands up. For me, um, oh, my hand was up from earlier. I was trying to ask you a question, but since you called on me again, I've got to put my hand down. Mm -hmm. um, for me, um, it made me think for the last six, well, all of them together is to get everything in order and know what I want and go after it full force and not letting nothing um, get in my way of going after these three sessions, these three um, questions that you asked us. Yeah, you got it. That's a Well, unless anybody's got anything else to add, that's all, folks. Oh, I see Ron has his hand up. Awesome. I was just going to add, just is it makes you focus and prioritize what's important and what's not important. Um, it's one thing to say it, but once you write write it down and you see it, it, it makes it uh, a big difference to me. Yeah, very good. That's exactly it. Um, the one thing. Oh, go ahead, D. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. The one thing I, I noticed for me, I can't speak for nobody else, but on the first thing where you said your big audacious goals, I had thirteen things, but when you wow. said write, but then when you said write down what you want to accomplish in the next three to five years. I said, I only get to three. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so. What you do is you'll take those 13 and break it down and you'll look at it and you'll say, okay, if these 13, what do I got to do in the next three to five years to get this? And you go by each one and it'll, it'll okay. just kind of allow you to organize your life. Okay. Yeah, that, that's fair. But 13, it's it's amazing when you tell you, you after two minutes, you kind of go, well, what else? You, you find yourself, wait, what's that clock is done? Is it, isn't two minutes up yet? <laughs> But it's it's really fun. And like I said, it, what made me think about it when Antonio says the 5%, well, what? how do I define what, how do I decide what my 5% is? And I think this is a great exercise for you to decide what your 5% is. It'll come out of this document. Honey, you got anything to add? No, just that it, it really works. We have used it a lot. And on ourselves and I actually did write things down again and when I look at it it a lot of it is still the same um as what I've done before. Am I unmuted? Oh I am. Um I'll say for me it 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 kind of gave me a couple surprises some things that I didn't necessarily 
um I was like oh wow because I was just kind of I was just flowing as I was writing and I was like wow there was some things I was some things that I knew that I wanted to do but then there was some surprises on there because I was like okay um but it's in me so it must it must be something that I want but I guess I just did not necessarily um perceive that so um definitely gave me a wake-up call some of I, I noticed a lot of the things that I wrote kind of stayed the same but then there was some things that I was like huh um and I was like okay so it definitely helped me definitely helped me to uh to see a gave me more of a, of a visual of the things that I want to do and I could see it so while, while I was writing it so that really helped me to be like wow okay all right, this is really important. But I, I wrote some stuff down the first the first list. I wrote some stuff, but even I think I wrote some stuff in each and every exercise. But um, yeah, but it really helps. I, I can see it all. Thanks. This was awesome. Yeah. And some things when you're having doing this with other people, notice one of the things they did. I, at the end of every session, I say, finish your thought. Because they may be in the middle of the thought. You don't want to break it. Finish your thought. Notice I didn't talk much during the two minutes segments because i wanted you to come out of you i don't want to interrupt you so and it, it's a fun exercise it's very simple i call it the two minute drill but it takes 15 minutes i know the way Diana, what? Oh, <laughs> well um i know for me it let me for me it's three different focus points the first one is what are your dreams? The second one is, what are your goals? And the third one is, what's important to you? Got it. What are your dreams? What are you going to do? And what's what's important to you? You nailed it. You got to be able. That's exactly what that's what they're set up to do. And I recognize in all three what's important to me, and it's traveling and family every everything in each and something in each one has to do with traveling and family even in my dreams if it has to do with money it's so that I can travel with family <laughs> so mm -hmm. it I love this because it it makes you see because like for Antonio he always tells us he, he we do the funeral the the funeral challenge and it's basically you have three people well you're who are your most who are the most important people in your life and what's one word you want them to use to describe you when they you know when you pass away well for this and and that shows us what success is for us this one for me it shows me it shows you what you consider success for yourself because the only way you're going to, the only way the dreams are going to come into play is if that's what you consider being successful. You In three to five years, these are the things that I want to do to make me successful. And then if I, if money was not an issue, these are the things that I would consider what makes my life successful in six months. Like in six months, I have lived a successful life. So to me, not only does it, what I said earlier, but also points out what you consider success, what success looks like to you. 
Wow. You're more than just a pretty face. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I tell people all the time, I just look like this. <laughs> so that's that's what that was for me. So I appreciate this this morning. Thank you. All right. It's your meeting. <laughs> look, I'm muted. <laughs> So thank you, Mr. Phil, because that actually covered the first the first part because it's the importance of five percent focus, and Mr. Phil just helped us point out to ourselves what we consider to be in our five percent. So if you look at, um, so if you look at what you listed. I want everyone to ask yourself a question. What percentage of what's happening in your life should you pay attention to based on what you wrote down? If it ain't what you wrote down, go ahead and put that at 95%. Just slide it on over. Just slide it on over. That's all you got to do. And... I don't know about you guys, but it makes me really zone into, okay, if it's not on this list, it's not of importance to me. If it's not, because like for my three to five years, I put by 200 acres. If I'm going to buy 200 acres, then anything outside of that is not in my 5%. Because in order for me, there, because there's a lot, I put quite a bit. I, I found myself in Grace's situation only flipped. I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have 11 things in my big goals. But when it comes to how would I live the last six months of my life, I have six things. Yeah, six things. In three to five years, I got some big goals. But that 200 acres is a part of, it's not even a part of how I would live my last six, my last six months. But it's in my three to five year goal because it, it's a part, it, it adds, it's a part of my big goals. So I know anything outside of getting 200 acres, I don't need to focus on it. It's not important. So based on what you have written, ladies and gentlemen, analyze it and take a minute to actually pay attention to what you wrote in each section. If there's a, a repeat theme, that's what you consider successful. In all three of mine, I have family. Every single one, there is family in there. Every single one, there's travel in there. So for me, success is traveling and family. And this leads to the next section. Distractions lead us away from what serves us in our goals. So how does being distracted from what serves you affect your progress in life? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, this entire time that we're on this morning, I'm going to revert back to the three lists that Mr. Phil asked us to do. And I want you to ask yourself, 
what distractions are affecting your progress in life. So if you have a pen and pad down, write down what write down your distractions. Because if you can account for it, you can control it. And let's talk about how you identify distractions. And then we're going to talk about how to minimize them. But before I do that, I'm going to open up the floor and ask all of you, what do you consider, based on your lists, what do you consider distractions from what serves you and what affects your progress in life? And I'll put the question in the chat too, so that way you guys will have it. And the floor is open. Let's do this. If y'all want to take, I'll, I'll give it a couple of minutes so you guys can think on it. But really look at your list and analyze. Because you've been distracted. Hell, I get it. I get distracted constantly. And when you can recognize your distractions, you can also recognize your cycles. Uh, well, being distracted. Okay, so it's a common sense question, but you really got to think. So, of course, if you're distracted, yeah, you're not getting, you're not getting what you want because you're being distracted from it, you know? So, uh, let's see. So, my biggest strength is responsibility. And a lot of times I'm on the uh, shadow side of it because I see uh, Antonio and Deanna, even though they tell me, hey, you don't work for me, but if they ask me to do something, I don't say anything else other than what they asked me to do. And they'll have to tell me, hey, I don't need you to do it right now because they know <laughs> as soon as they tell me something, I'll start to get on it right then. But hey, I don't need you to do it right now. So I have to um, realize what's a distraction, what can be done, what should be done right then, and then what <laughs> what can wait to be done and get what you were doing first done and then go back but um distraction I mean and I, I'm like that not with just them I'm like that with family I'm like that with y'all if I'm working on something and one of y'all text me hey can you send me da, 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 I stop what I'm doing and I'll send you that even though my brain you know can, should tell me hey you can do that do that when you get done with what you're working on but in my brain is like out of sight, out of mind. If I don't do it now, I'm gonna forget. So let me go ahead and get it done. But <laughs> um, I don't know. That responsibility thing is a kicker. Uh, <laughs> and because it not just y'all, so everybody's my family. But the immediate people in my family, I'm like that with them too. Okay, they'll ask me, "Hey, can you do such and such?" And sometimes it was one time, mom asked me if I could do something one day, and I knew I had to be on this call, so I told her no. It killed me, but I, but I was like, hey, <laughs> she'll be all right. She found somebody else, <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 just, I don't know. I went on a rant for a reason, but yeah, <laughs> everything's a distraction. It is. I don't know what's a distraction and what's not. So, well, you're a people pleaser. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what it is. So, I mean, 
who knows? How you say no to the people you love? I can't say no to you, Mr. Field and Miss Susan. But you can say K N O W. Yeah. You need to know this about me, or you need to know this about the situation. I know you want me to do this, but if you knew this, you probably wouldn't want me to do this, would you? No, no, you're right. Go ahead and do that. That makes more sense. I'll, I'll tell you care of it myself. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Phil. I needed that. I did too. That wasn't just for Grace. That was for me too. No, definitely. Me too. <laughs> for, I love how you said the shadow side of your responsibility. For me, I'm a big kid. It's not an excuse. But I have yet to learn how to tell my kid, okay, it's time to work. Okay, now we can play. And for me, distraction, I'm my own distraction. I can actually say I am my own distraction. I love shiny things. I could be, I could log on to social media just to like comment on a post or to post something and 30 minutes in I haven't posted anything but I have seen at least like 10-15 posts and I've gone from one platform to another platform because it's shiny things it makes me laugh and for me and then there's something about silence for me I cannot work in silence so I purposely put on things in the background knowing it's going to distract me but I'm like well it's not going to distract me this time I'm just going to have it playing in the background no so I know I am my own distraction and it affects my progress in life because I get distracted by the 95 percent Instead of distracted by the 5%, I could put a book on and listen to it in the background instead of Girlfriends on Netflix. I absolutely love Joan Clayton. She's my favorite character. I also love Tracy Ellis Ross as a person and an actress. So every now and then she'll say something and I'll be like, well, let me just see what's going on over here. When I could easily put on a book and have that playing in the background and having my subconscious be fed while I'm consciously working. Um, and in doing that, I also use things to escape my reality. When I feel overwhelmed, I use things to escape my reality. I'm my own distraction. And being that I'm my own distraction, I realize these are the times where you say, hey, okay, look, I need help. Grace, can you text me in like 15 minutes and tell me, D, stop what you're doing and work? Because I know in 15 minutes, I'm going to get distracted. This is when I talk to Antonio and say, hey, look, my sabotager is out. Or... Proper communication will help me through my distractions. So that's what I've that's what I've learned. And in, 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 so, what can you all do to uh, to not avoid the distractions, 
but minimize the distractions because life is going to happen. You're going to get distracted. You're going to wake up. I'm sure you woke up this morning. You decided I'm going to do this and everything like capital, all capital letters, everything happened opposite of what you said you was going to do today. Go ahead, Trinace. So quiet distracts me. Can you hear me? Quiet distracts me. If there's music playing, then I can work. When I tell you I can work, and there's certain artists that will allow me to focus in on, I know that's weird, but whatever works. Um, When I'm about to get down and dirty, I put on a a particular (laughs) t-shirt. I have my things. Um, I think my distractions come when I get confused or unsure. And I'll be like, well, I'm going to just take a break. But I ain't done shit. (laughs) I'm going to just take a break. And that's based on my confidence level of the next thing that I'm working on. I know I need to do it. I'm not sure of how to do it. And um, I have a fear of failing or how it's going to look. So if I feel that way, then I'm going to be like, mm, I think I need to take a nap right now. So that's how I do. So um, what I'm working on is just doing it anyway. Just doing it anyway. Um, because it'll come to me. I've learned that doing it anyway and letting it come to me is better than just taking a nap. Although the nap feels really good. And I feel refreshed. Um, I think mentally, me saying that I need a nap, taking a nap and getting up, like, oh, now you're ready to work. But sometimes I don't work. I just turn on the Asian series after that. So the day just be done. Niana? Yes, ma'am. I think for me, I learned early on in corporate America And I also learned in college, I happen to have some really good professors that, because I, I didn't have those skills, um, but I learned by certain professors, timelines and consequences for not getting it done. And so prioritizing that instead of going out to watch a soccer game or do whatever with my friends, that if I didn't have that done, you know, I would be disgraced in class. So I made sure that I I did that. And that started me. And then when I went into corporate America, I and working for someone else, and you know, they put things on your desk to do, and you're sitting there for eight hours, supposed to be doing that. Where when we're entrepreneurs, there are distractions because we create our workflow and our time. So for me, when I come over here and sit down at my desk and scoop my office chair in and sit here and I have my to-do list from the day before that I didn't finish, I start with those. Um, If I'm going to do social media, it's before eight or nine in the morning, depending on what time I start work. You know, I'm an early riser, so I'll look at that stuff, you know, while I'm sitting in bed drinking coffee 
and then put it away and don't open it again. That's that's a good way throughout the day because we have the flexibility to keep going to those things. And because we work on social media doing things, that makes it even harder. So get in your mind when you sit down at your desk, get in that mode of, you know, sitting up straight and, and working. Uh, and then, you know, if you're going to take a 15 minute break, take the 15 minute break and then go back. Then if you're going to have lunch, take your lunch break. Just like you would. And it may be an afternoon break because, you know, we do things that in the evenings. So we need uh, we need a couple of breaks because we can't work from eight to in the morning till nine at night without having those. But schedule them in those times. So that's how it works for me. No, I thank you. And I actually, yes, I, I, I actually, hold on, Mrs. Livio, mic unmuted. Okay. For, <laughs> for those of you just joining us at the beginning, Mr. Phil asked us three important questions. I am going to post them. Please take a, a moment to answer these questions because these questions will help you determine what your 5% is. Now, Miss Susan. Two minutes on each if you're just yes, doing it. You. Two okay. minutes on each, each number that she wrote down. Four minutes on each. Huh? Four minutes on each. I thought it was two. No, it's two and then continue. Two-minute drill. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I see how she's got it written. Okay. What, Deanna? <laughs> okay. So, Miss Susan, I have some questions for you. How important has how important has it been for you when it comes to avoiding distractions? How important has your daily routine uh, been for you when it comes to, because you just, you just told us how you, how you do everything, but you also told us that you rise early. So how, what does your morning routine look like and how important do you believe a morning routine is to help you um, minimize or avoid, avoid the distractions throughout the day that that affect our progress well i've always been an early riser because you know my mom my dad would be up early and i wanted to spend time with him and drink coffee with him and that and then school so you know you you get in school that pattern but i've been way i wake up anywhere from four to five in the morning um so by eight o'clock i put in a lot of time but it's all the things that I need to do before I come sit in this spot. Um, now, sometimes there's crises like the printer, you know, our bank account was compromised again. So I had those things to deal with the last few days and I end this morning and I really tried to tie them all down before i mean darn they don't open till so i'm like calling them right exact when they open so by nine o'clock to be on this call i'm not going to be distracted i'm going to be this is part of my work to be on this call so i'm make sure that i'm engaged unless there's a major crisis um and then once i sit down like i said i have my to-do list 
I check it off. What I didn't get done the day before, that's what I start with and make sure I work on those. So I have a system that works. And then I do take breaks, especially when we teach at night, um, because I'm an early riser. You know, I can't I can't do that. And I like my little breaks. Um, that's like I get a little treat or lunch or go outside and with Luigi and have a few minutes just getting up and going outside and, you know, praising God for the sun and, and all those things. It makes you feel better. So just just think of it that way so that you're not dreading everything that you got to do or feeling bad for what you didn't get done the day before. You'll be more consistent. Thank you very much, Miss Susan. Thank you very much. I I asked Miss Susan that because I recognize a pattern with people who just just I don't know. They've mastered the distractions, and I've noticed that they have a morning routine, and they act their days start like when we're just now waking up and getting started. They're already like halfway through their day. You're muted, Miss Susan. I forgot a really important part of morning, morning routine, and that's exercise. And there's times when I don't get the exercise in because of the other things that have to be done before nine o'clock or whatever. Um, but that's that's how I do it. I feel so much better and actually more energized when I exercise and then I don't mind sitting my hiney in a chair because I don't like to sit. I'm not a sitter. So um, if I exercise and really exert and get that done, then I feel better about um, sitting. And one of the things I also want to point out is Miss Susan has a wonderful starting of her day. Well, Antonio used to always teach us, he he says he, 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 he dies every day. Like he dies to his goals every day. And what I recognized about that is when you get things done, you actually sleep a lot better because you don't have, man, I should have did this. Man, I didn't get that done. Like you're when you go to sleep at night, your brain should be empty. Like you should be dead because everything you set out to do was done. And if you didn't finish it, it's because you completed all the you completed so many other tasks for today. Now, do I constantly practice this? No, I get distracted every doggone day. And excuse me, one second. Okay, thank y'all so much. <laughs> but and I and so my goal for my goal for this entire month because they say when you practice something for twenty one days it becomes a habit. My goal for this entire month is to. Who, it's gonna be hard, Grace. I'm gonna need your help. Is to instead of putting on Netflix and having that play in the background, having certain types of music playing in the background or having a book playing in the background because I recognize that there's certain like Trinace was saying there's certain there's certain music that she listens to 
that gets her going. For me, it's certain instrumental pieces. Classical music, off top. I absolutely love um, Mozart and Beethoven. Those are my go-to people. Then there is this, there's this video game called Detroit. Well, the the beginning track of that is this beautiful piano piece with strings. And when I'm listening to it, it it for some reason it zones me in. So much so to when Antonio hears that he he actually says, Oh, okay, so you're on you like you're on point today. So this whole month I'm going because I'm truly focusing on my top five percent. So I'm going to make it a habit this morning of not even touching Netflix until the end of the day. That's gonna be hard because I'm throwed off. But <laughs> I consider watching shows a treat, a reward for a, a day. Um, so I wouldn't consider doing that in the background, like because you know you got one ear here, so you're not really being real creative because you're just kind of doing, but the other ears, oh, what's happening now? So, but playing the music inspires you and keeps keeps you you know instead of total silence or to you know block out those distractions that are in the house um that that's a really good plan and companies have that kind of music i know matt you know when we were with les brown he would you know he thought playing the christian music for for me and a couple other people was good, but, and, and that was good, but it had talking in it and really just the soothing music was better for all us or energizing music that kind of, cause it went throughout the whole um, space for everyone. And so it was, he would do that other a little bit more first thing in the morning as everybody's getting going, then he would, you know, tone it down but he recognized that for people i have found when everyone's on the same page getting things done at work is easy make a bigger impact at work with grammarly grammarly is your secure ai writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster you can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Found, uh, personally, and the thing is, the uh, thing about creativity is that it works differently for different people. But for me, uh, as, as much as I hate to admit it, I need to get bored out of my mind to get to the really good stuff. I've I realized there are some days when ideas just flow and they just keep flowing and I'm walking and I'm like, okay, I put the pen down, I'm done. And then again, another idea pops up. There are also days when I'm completely dry. But guess what? When I sit down and I'm like, you know what? Dry or not, one hour, I'm going to write even if it's bullshit. And it's like literally the word bullshit. I'll just write it a thousand times, but I'll, I'll write for this whole hour. Guess what happens after writing bullshit like five to six times, suddenly an idea pops up. Because your brain's like, dude, you're not amusing me by like, you know, offering me content to consume. 
guess what? I'm going to make my own content. And suddenly I come up with jokes and all kinds of stuff and I'm cracking myself up. So boredom kind of is essential for coming up with like fun, creative stuff. And then if there's anything that's just like muscle and task, like doing the dishes, oh, music, Netflix, podcast, like just gossip, YouTube, whatever, as unproductive as possible, don't care. But I put all my non-brain power stuff after 6 p.m. That's brilliant. That makes sense. That's how I do it too, after six. I've never been bored. I had a client call me up and say, Phil, I think our people are bored. Can you help me? I said, I've never been bored. He said, really? I said, here, let me put together a program why I think I've never been bored. He said, all right. That's what we did there. And then there's an old saying, never underestimate the value of a shitty first draft. I love yeah, that. I mean, uh, if, 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 you, if, you like, if you like your first draft, you're not a pro. You're just not a pro. I, I, I loved my first draft back in like 2008. And that's, that's how I know I've progressed is because I, I hate my first draft, but I know that it has to be done. You can't skip it. And simultaneously writing and editing simultaneously will be so inefficient. So the first draft, you just don't, don't have any standard. And that's how you get the first draft out of the way. And then you just start editing. And it's just a completely, once you're in two different minds, once in the writing, next time in editing, um, things get much easier. I love that. I love what both of you said. And it, it I, I have actually learned that from Antonio. Um, he, he gives me like the background details when he's writing. And he always said, he, he always tells me, he said, this first draft is going to be crap. He said, I can't, he said, I can't begin to tell you how many chapters I've written, stopped, went back throughout the, and throughout the entire chapter and started over again because the first chapter was crap, but I needed to get it out of me. Like uh, Ibrahim was just saying, he'll write bullshit like six times before something that starts flowing. And I've learned that from Antonio and, and, for those of you who are asking, well, how does that, you know, apply to everything else? Well, if you just get started, if you just do it, it'll flow to you. But you have to get started. Like you can't, don't do what I've done. Don't sit there, write out a checklist and then be like, okay, what should I do on his first? Oh man, there's so much on this list. Let me let me get my brain prepared first. Let me, let me just, let me just do something to empty my brain. Then I'll get started. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Cause you'll never get started. Never, ever get started. Start somewhere. And then I heard somewhere, start with the hardest thing first and then move to the easiest. See, I do the opposite. I start with the easiest stuff. And then by the time I get to the hard stuff, I done done so much easy stuff. I'm like, well, I worked today. No, you didn't work today. <laughs> You just did the easy stuff. That is not work. But who else? Who who else would like to chime in? I would love to hear from all of you. This uh because this five percent and this ninety-five percent, if we don't Antonio always tells us success has one language. Yeah, they all focus on the first, the top 5%. But if we don't even know what that is, and thanks to Mr. Phil and Ms. Susan, 
we have three questions now to answer to help us figure out what it is if we actually pay attention to what we write down. If we don't pay attention to that 5%, we're going to be like the, the rest of the 95% in the world trying to, trying and then trying to figure it out, but never getting there because we allow the 95% to take over. Go ahead, Renee. Um, okay. So <laughs> I think I wrote down some of my, some of my distractions and I feel, I feel like, um, my phone, my phone is definitely one procrastination is definitely, is definitely one because it's, um, I like what Miss Susan said because she starts out her day and it's and it's like with me, I start my day extremely good. I do because I'm up, I'm up at four, I'm up at four thirty in the morning. I give my I do my devotion, I do my meditation, I do my workout, and I'm like, yes. I'm feeling good and I'm ready to sit down by the time the by the time the meeting is going on or even by the time we get to crazy weird news. I'm like, OK, because I've already gotten a good chunk of stuff done. But then it's like um, I need to map out my day more because sometimes I feel like, oh, man, well, Renee, you got to you have to run over here. And then I'm like, well, now it's too late now. Now, Renee, it's too late for you to for you to do X, Y and Z because you had to run out and do this. or you had to do that. And I I lose the steam. <laughs> I lose the steam. And I'm like, Ugh. and Renee. Yes. What you're what you're describing is perfect. What means what that means is uh, you have the the virtues of what you're describing is first of all, you have command of your day. Many people, they just get up and look at the phone and suddenly they're out of their alpha brainwave stuff. They're just directly into that whole dopamine loop. You know, you look at the notifications, you get the dopamine hit. And then you're in a completely different state. You're like in your midday state of mind the moment you wake up. But what you do is you conserve your energy when you wake up. And that's, that's great. Now what you get to do is you got, you got to direct um, the earliest portion of your day where you have maximum self-control, where you have maximum peace of mind, maximum positive attitude. You got to aim it towards what Gary Keller calls the one thing. That's one thing that if you can get it done in like early in the day, you're so far ahead that even if other things off on your to-do list keep falling off, you still have a good day. What? that thing like for me it's writing uh, last 2500 days every single day regardless of weekend funerals whatever there has been at least one hour of writing in my day early morning and i'm pretty sure like the day i die i'm gonna i'm gonna have like doesn't matter if i have and this is from one writer to another doesn't matter if i have clients or not projects or not spend one hour writing right so you might have something like that Whatever that is, whether it's prospecting, whether it's looking for clients, whether it's looking up emails of businesses that are open to having copywriters, whatever that one thing at that moment of time it is, that if you get that done, nothing else on your to-do list matters. Just focus your early morning there. You're already halfway there that you have maximum control of your morning. 
you have positive mental attitude in the morning and you have the right energy. So all you just could do is you could figure out that one thing and just aim all of that energy towards it. Some things in your morning will need to be replaced then. If you find out what you're doing in the morning, even though it's positive on paper, like for me, I do not exercise in the morning. That's, it, it might be much more positive to meditate and exercise, but I've decided that I have to, even though they are good things, I have to replace them with reading and writing. Because for me as a professional and for my goals and whatnot, I'd rather have 10 years of having written in the morning than 10 years of having meditated in, in the morning. And so those are decisions we have to make. What I'm pointing out is that you've got a great, uh, you've got excellent control of your morning. 99% people don't have that. You just got to aim it towards that one thing, you know? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So I may need to restructure um, my morning so I can make sure I'm getting maximum getting. Okay. 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 Thanks. Thank you, Renee. And thank you, Ibrahim. Go ahead, Ibrahim. I was just going to say that. Finish your thought, though, Renee. Don't censor yourself. Finish your thought. Well, I, I, I was just pointing out that the fact that you have that much control over your morning is a real asset. And whatever problem that you are going to go into can be dealt with because of the fact that you have control over your mornings. And then, like, Phil and Susan, Diana, all of, like, the whole call, everyone on, in the group, can suggest what to do, but you have to get into what you were going to talk about and finish your thought. I just chimed in to point out the virtue of having maximum control of your morning. You have that control. And if there's something that's not going the way you want it to go, you can adjust your mornings accordingly, but you haven't really gone into that yet. You didn't finish your thought. But I want to encourage you to finish your thought. I just wanted to uh, gas you up for having maximum control of your mornings because a lot of people don't um and then i realized too i was like yeah renee you kind of did not finish at all what you were supposed to, what you was trying to say um so okay so i said that my mornings are very are very good but i put that my distractions um <laughs> i did write down my family um i did i did because they it's happened a few times where they, where my one aunt will call me and I'm like, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm in the room, I'm creating. And I'm like, oh, I'm writing. He's like, oh, well, how's Jay doing? And I'm like, I, I really, I really don't, I, I really don't want to hear that. I mean, my husband is wonderful. He's mine. He's in the other room. Why are you bothering me? I want to, I want to say that. But I'm also thinking to myself, like, well, Renee, you know, she's your aunt and she's your mother's sister. And I'm like, well, that's my mama's thing. I mean, and my mom was not, my mama passed on. So, I mean, there's a part of me and I'm like, okay, so I put my family. Um, I did put, I, uh, I said, trying to be, trying to be like others. So I think there's a lot of imposter syndrome going on with that because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, Renee, you, you, okay, okay, that fell. But anyway, but I'm like, um, 
You're a great writer. You know what you know what you're you know what you're doing. You know where you're going, but yet I feel like right back here in the other part of my brain where it's like, well, Renee, are you trying to be like such and such? You know what I'm saying? They're a writer too. Um, are you trying to? And I'm like, no, I'm a writer because it's in me and I love to do it. It's my it's my peace. <laughs> it's my peace. It was one of them. And um, but I put that, I put time management, and then I put 95% has my attention. I didn't understand um the five percent. I didn't, you know, and Antonia had mentioned it, and I was just kind of like, okay, I don't necessarily know what that is. And of course, I didn't say anything, which I should have, but I then I was like, um. And then when you guys talked about it yesterday, I was like, what do I want in my reality? And I said, chances are it's not, it's it's not anything, it's not some of the things that I am actually looking at. 95% of it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even, it's not even about me. I'm realizing it's not even about me. It's about other folk. And I'm and ain't no other folk living with me. And ain't no other folk um even does have anything to do with this household. None of it. None of it. So, um, yeah, so I'm like, okay, so I am, I've been shading some things. I've, I wrote down what my big time goal is. And I actually found myself yesterday talking to a friend of mine that I went to college with. And he's literally... He's always been at a very elevated consciousness, always for as long as we've been friends. And I told him, I said, I said, I'm going to be the first multimillionaire in my family. I said, I, I said, I'm paying attention to what is, I said, I'm paying attention to 5% because I realized there's some conversations that I can't have with people because they're not, that's not where they're going. There's not wrong with that, but I can't speak for that. I, I know where I'm going. I'm the first multimillionaire. I'm going to build a community for people that are disabled. I, it's been on my heart for years to do. Um, but in order for me to get there, I know that writing, writing is my vehicle to go there. I know writing is my is my vehicle. I'm like, okay, so I want to be known for writing. I want to be known for ghostwriting. I want to be known for the best-selling books. I want to be known for that. I want the podcasting tours. I want all, all of it, the bells and the whistles. So, um, and I want my hotel for wheelchair bound people. I've been, I talked to Jay about that a while ago and I said, we're going to do that because it needs to happen a whole lot sooner than later. But, um, I think that imposter syndrome is, is definitely there. And, and if I also figure out how I can change my mornings, I don't think I can necessarily change crazy weird news. But I can change some things on what I do um, also in the mornings because these this call is definitely in my 5%. So I need to make hey, sure that Renee, I'm here. Yes. All the, all the things that you mentioned, what, what's beautiful about it is that you already have this whole bundle. This is what I call a bundle of dreams. You have it. So all you have to do is when your aunt calls, just ask yourself, do I want this entire bundle of dreams? Do I want 
every single one of these things to be true. Do I want the podcast tour? Do I want the books? Do I want the deals? Do I want the checks? Or do I want to pick my own school? That's when it becomes very easy. That's when it becomes very easy. Once you have those dreams like in a bundle, it becomes very easy because because trust me, if you, if you pick up that phone, then those dreams are not going to come true. Because if you pick up the phone today, you're going to pick it up tomorrow. And before you know it, it's just 10 years and your legacy is just picking up that phone. You know? Oh, and that's so true. And you guys have put the 5% things that you want to pay attention to and then who is in your 5%? And my aunt is not on there. Actually, the funny part is, is none of my natural family is on my 5% list. None of them. None, which is deep. Um, there's seven you know, people right on there, but I guess seven is completion. <laughs> Sorry. The funny thing, the funny thing about relatives or family is uh, when you have more time than money, they want your time. And when you have more money than time, they want your money. But it's, it's always, they want something. Uh, and I, I just be like, and Lord, sometimes I feel like it's gone to a different level now that I, that I fooled around and got married. Because they're like, oh, how's Jay? Jay is fine. I haven't killed him. He is good. Okay. All right. He is wonderful. He He is he is superb. His locks are still growing. So um, I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't see why sometimes, but I'm like, I don't, I don't need you. And that's, and that's deep to say, but I don't, Um, you know, I think that people, they felt like, well, she's Stephanie's daughter and Stephanie's passed away. So she needs us. My mother gave me everything that I need to make it and everything that I have learned from them. You guys have continued to help me to ascend more. I've, I've gotten more ascension from being in this community than I did with being with my family. They own minimum wage stuff. I'm not there no more. I'm multi-millionaire status. I'm sorry. You're going to be working for me. I ain't working for nobody no more. But that's my ascension. Um, but I do. I want to change some things about what I'm doing in my day, um, what I'm doing in my mornings, because it took me a forever to, to get up at 4, 4.30 in the morning. It took us just a long time. But when I started, I was like, uh-uh. And now I do it. With gusto, I get up and I'm like, come on, Renee, get your meditation and you need to get your mind correct. And even when my day sometimes messes up or I feel like it might have messed up, I'm still like, you good. Everything's perfect. Just keep flowing. It'll be all right. And my mindset's better. My mindset's clearer. So, yeah, I kind of went on a ramp, but forgive you guys. But that's I'm noticing that's what is my distractions. But um yeah, but I got a lot of goals here. I got this paper and a little bit of, of this. So, yeah. And apparently I want to... My grandparents' house that was in Cleveland that they tore it down years back. They tore it down. And I saw that that land is... The house is not there, but the land is still there. And I said, I want that land. I said, I want that land. I want it. 
my family, they lived there from the 50s until they tore it down early 2000s. And I haven't money to do anything. That house is coming back to my family and I want that land. So, yeah. Um, one two four two seven Auburndale is going back in the Kennedy legacy, so that's on my list. So thanks, you guys. Thank you, thank you for sharing, and thank you, Ibrahim, for your for your golden nuggets. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ibrahim. You rock. <laughs> you know what, Renee? You made me think about something. My, I'm wondering if I can go back. I'm both. So on my dad's side of the family, my grandfather started an entire settlement. On my grandmother's side of the family, they owned an entire city. Like all of the land in the city was theirs. Over time, of course, kids not being financially smart or taxes not being paid for some reason, mm -hmm. land has been lost. But I'm wondering if I can go back and get that because that's, that's pretty awesome. Look up, look up the look up the app. You know, you know that address because for me, the address has been in my head for years. One two four two seven Auburndale, and I looked at the land just yesterday on Google. Look yeah. it up. Look it up. Cause you'd be surprised. I surely was. I I thought it was a parking lot there. It ain't no parking lot. It's just green. So they they destroyed the house, but that land is still there. And I said. I'm coming. I'm coming for it. I'm, I'm coming. That's my, that's my grandparents in the house that my mother and her brothers and sisters were raised in. All nine of them mugs. Jesus. Look, <laughs> I'm coming for it. <laughs> I want to thank thank you so much, Renee. Thank you. And thank you, Ibrahim. Thank you, Mr. Phil. And thank you, Miss Susan. Thank all of y'all. If you are just now joining us, I've posted and I will repost it. We are talking, we are going more in depth on retraining your subconscious mind and how to actually get your blessings. And the first thing that we focused on this morning was three questions provided to us by the original humor consultants, Mr. Phil and Ms. Susan Sorrentino. And these three questions help you discover what is in your top 5%. Please spend four minutes on each question. The first two minutes, you're writing down, you're just, you're writing down. The second two minutes, you're going to go back and either add to, um, embellish on or not embellish, add to the, add to the list, add to what you wrote to the list and give it more details or remove some, excuse me, remove something from the list. So please take four minutes for each question. Once you do that, what I learned is what I consider success for me. And when you see the consistencies in certain, in all three areas, you'll know what's successful for you. Go ahead, Prophet. My name is, um, my distraction is my phone, my sister. <laughs> 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 and me you know what I'm saying um it's to the point that writing this stuff down made me started thinking that 
Um, I need to get on the ball because um, I got this, um, what do you call it, trust fund. And one thing that Mr. Phil said at the last point was, I want to be able to pay my funeral off. So we may will not have nothing to worry about as of a debt because in my family, they always doing GoFundMe's or they reaching out to um family, oh, you're going to pay such a mile and you're going to pay, you know, so this would be that where Renee and my kids and my great nieces and nephews will have nothing to worry about. They all will be taken care of, you know, with that. So <clears throat> my mornings, um, I could prioritize, uh, what's the word? Prioritize. Yes. Thank you all. Prioritize more better. Because when Renee's up, I'm just about up, but I'm like, eh. I go to the phone, the Facebook, TikTok, my games, instead of praying or meditating or sometimes I meditate, sometimes I don't. It, it depends on how I feel that day and trying to get ready for crazy weird news. So I know I have some things I have to do. So I may not get up early like Renee 430. Because usually when she gets up, I'm still asleep under the sleep apnea machine. So once I wake up, I'm just laying there and on the phone. And I know I got work to do. Because I need to push this book and I haven't been pushing it. I thought that just having it out there was good enough, but it's not. I want to make it my best, what do you call it, Renee? My best selling book, best New York's, what do you call it? New York Times bestseller. Yeah, New York Times bestseller. But I can't do that being on the phone playing spades and playing back game in the AC Ducey. <laughs> I heard so, that. So, um, yeah, I got some work to do. So, Mr. Phil, thank you for, Mr. Phil, Miss Susan, thank you for kicking my butt and making me think this morning and write this stuff down that I got some stuff to do. So by next year, Renee will be in this house or at least on the way to the house of building this house for her. That's one of my one of my goals is because um, family's important, but right now, her and my kids are important. Whenever they come, when they come, not whenever, they come in next year sometime. I don't know if it's twins or triplets, but. Um, the most common distraction, that's what I learned from Jerry, Renee, and everyone who's, who's contributing is like phones are like a crazy distraction. For me yes. personally, 
I I just notifications they just put me in a different mindset. So I have something at least Android phones do a uh, focus mode. It's a digital wellness thing that just it's like a do not disturb on steroids. Not only do I do not get notifications, but I also don't have to open any apps. I can't open any apps. And except for my alarm clock, everything else is like just completely off. And then at night, I don't I don't look at my phone at night. So I don't turn on the lights in the washroom as well. I, I'm like a bat. I, I just feel really around. And what that does, eliminating light from the night just gives me better sleep. I wake up. I always beat my alarm clock. Uh, and unless I've had junk food, by the way. And yeah, I think one of the... It's it's not that I have great self control. It's just that I don't have phones in the morning. You know, it's if a phone is like a machine gun, and it it doesn't matter what kind of martial art you know, uh, because billions of dollars are spent by these apps, literally billions of dollars, researching how to get you more addicted to whatever their app is, and you just cannot compete with that as a single human. Except just before you look at your phone, you decide that I'm just not going to make it accessible. Put it like as far away as possible. And if it's like right next to you, it's going to be so much harder to to see it. But if it's invisible, if it's in the other room, it's going to be much easier because you can you can weaponize your laziness to stay away from stuff that hurts you. Yeah, Abraham just dropping nuggets this morning. Go ahead, Mr. Phil. I've worked with a lot of farmers, so one day I'm in his driveway and leaning on his pickup truck and his phone's ringing. I looked at him, he looked at me, I looked at him, he looked at me. I said, sir, aren't you going to get that? He says, Phil, you don't understand. I said, what? He said, I got that for my convenience. Wow. Okay. I got that. I got that. And it don't mean I have to call. I don't have to answer that time my sister calls because it's like, it's nothing positive. It's She's sick. She just went to the doctor. And the doctor said such and such and such and such. And I'm not, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm concerned. But I told you what to do, lose weight. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> shut up, Renee. But that's basically what it is, lose weight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I, I, I re not lose, excuse me. I've been using release so long that now loses in my head. But when I tell people, on a, on a side note, Mr. Phil, I said, no, you don't lose weight, you release it. I said, one of my mentors says, when you release it, you can't find it, but when you lose it, you find it. So um, I, don't, I don't know if I said it right like you said it, but okay, 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 okay. So yeah, so she needs to just lose weight and release weight and um, yeah, just stop stressing. And it's making me stressed because if I don't call, it's like, uh, why are you not answering your phone? Or it, 
So I just got some I got some work to do. I just yeah. Quick sidebar from what Prophet just said. One of the things that I've learned about releasing weight is majority of the time, the weight gained isn't a physical thing. It's an emotional, spiritual, or mental thing. So in order for a lot of us to release the weight, we have to release the trauma. Because like I... And that's most of... Excuse me. That's no, no, the no, most... Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's mostly her problem because she's got her kids, then she's got her grandkids, and the, grand, the kids putting the grandkids on her, and you know, y'all know what's going on with the the oldest niece, and her trauma, and her drama, and all this stuff, so she says, well, I'm walking every day. Walking ain't doing it, baby. I'm sorry. Walking just ain't doing it, but you said something that made some sense. I really have to tell her. The in the only reason I've picked up on it is because I do it. And I've figured out when it started. It started when I was in elementary school. If I had a bad day at school, I would come home and it could be I would I I was that generation that when I got out of school I went to, to Granny's house. You know, and you know, Granny don't say no. You can get whatever you want. Am I the only one? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I would eat and she always kept the big bucket of Neapolitan ice cream so it could be freezing cold outside I'll be on the porch with a blanket with a cup with vanilla and chocolate ice cream and I reckon and I remember a conversation I had with my grandmother one time like she came outside and she said and she she picked up on the fact that I was eating emotionally and she told me, she said, are you okay? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you are you know, it's cold outside, right? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you, you know, you're eating ice cream. I said, yes, ma'am. And then, then she told me, she said, whatever you need to talk about, I'm here. But I never took her up on that offer because I was young. You know, it's just certain things you just don't talk to adults about because at this point, you're not going to understand. You're old. No, no offense, but you know, like, you don't know my life, but now that I'm older, <laughs> I understand she knew my life times 10. <laughs> you know, so. But I, I've learned that, and, and then through the emotional eating comes the physical manifestation of it. So you're emotionally eating and depending on what you eat, you have to understand that foods nowadays, because they're, we don't prepare them correctly or because we don't pay attention to them, there's parasites and stuff all in that stuff. So when you eat, when you emotionally eat and you eat the wrong kind of stuff, the wrong kind of way, it builds up parasites. So now it's even harder for you to release the weight because your gut health is horrible. So it's like a, a dual thing going on here. It's like, okay, I need to release some of these emotions and then I need to literally cleanse my body. On a leaky gut. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Ibrahim. I, look, man, look, y'all, I learned. I was, I was reading this book called Brainwash 
and it's by two doctors and it's it's a very sad account actually it says that literally uh, when you're in an unfortunate condition where you cannot afford organic stuff and you cannot afford pesticide free and gmo free stuff it's literally the stuff you're eating is ensuring that you stay poor like like cash poor it's because it it will make you lethargic it will kill your motivation it will literally wire you towards short term gratification these are things you really need to not have if you're going to be successful so it's such a vicious cycle like your unfortunate condition and emotional eating also like your financial stresses might cause you to eat emotionally and then your choices of food or available options of food can literally like because your gut bacteria which governs your mood and governs how much pleasure you seek at any given point gets affected as well so it's 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 just it just makes you understand how just saving up on your groceries by going for the cheaper and non-healthy option in the long run is just going to run up your insurance is going to run up your medical bills and it will even out and it will just keep you trapped so aside from building a better relationship with food uh to the extent that we can we should also exercise better eating choices like we should exercise better uh food shopping choices as well thank you very much ibrahim i agree i know miss susan agree go ahead miss susan well, yeah you know when you eat out you're spending a lot more money than you should and you're not getting unless you go to a really fine dining that specializes in healthy foods which is going to be expensive most of the time when you eat out you're just blowing money that you could spend on healthier food at the grocery store and there's nothing wrong with getting a big bag of um, lentils or get beans and even canned beans are good I mean those are healthy things for you um, get some like um, tomato sauce you know, that's if you can get organic, if not, we get the Paul Newman's one, but and then you can pour that all over it, put in olives and things like that. Um, if if you want to avoid expensive meats and only buy good meats that are healthy for you, if you're a meat eater, um, but and fruits and vegetables are you can go to farmer's markets and get those or you buy frozen. Frozen is good because they freeze it at its most when it has the most nutrition. So it sometimes is fresher than what the broccoli that's been sitting on the shelf for three days. It loses it. So you're not you're not getting less quality. You're still getting good quality. Thank you for that. I never knew that about you. You mean no. organic frozen food? I just wanted to add. That, I just wanted to add that once you start getting selective about what goes into your body, 
it's much easier to get selective about what goes goes into your schedule because yes. you, you have a better self-image you're like i i can police what goes into me i can police what goes into my ears as well so i'm not going to take that phone call renee mm -hmm. yeah That's i just funny. spent a week on a um with some of the top doctors in the country and the world that i do every year and it's all about food and you know heart disease and diabetes and they cover it all it's it's so intense and i've been doing it for years and that's how i stay fresh with it all and keeps me motivated and i always learn new things mm, thank you for sharing miss susan and thank you for that golden nugget ibrahim because yeah, go ahead, Mr. Phil. Susan, on the frozen foods, but you want to get organic frozen foods, not just any frozen foods, right? Yeah, if you can, but they're a little bit more expensive. Um, but you're saving in other ways. You know, if you're not buying big steaks and all this junk food, chips and all that stuff down the other aisles, then you can spend a little bit more on organic. If you can't, you know, you can wash them off. There you go. Now, for those of you asking, or if you're listening to this on the podcast or watching this on one of the many channels that we uploaded to, if you're wondering, well, why does, you know, why does what I eat matter? Well, Ibrahim told you, when you become more selective about what goes into your mouth, you become more selective about the energies that you allow around and in your space. And when it comes to your top 5%, that is extremely important. So if you are eating a lot of junk, then you allowing a lot of junk in your life. If you eating healthy. Okay, Bishop number two. Okay. I'm, I'm just analyzing what was said. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> you 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 become like like Zoro, you know what I'm saying? You know how Zoro goes, that's what you do, except for except for instead of the Z, it's a D for the Yana. There you go. You know what? And I can do that in three strokes too. It's a thank you for that. Yeah. But it's true, it is so true because what you we say, you know what we see on the outside is a physical manifestation of what we are on the inside. Well, it's the same with the 5%. It's the same with the foods we eat. Like what we put in our mouths is a manifestation of who we are on the inside. So if you're eating junk, you're junky on the inside, which means you're allowing all kinds of junk all over the place. I saw your mouth, Grace. It just flowed out. <laughs> but if you are mindful of what you put in your mouth you're mindful of what you allow around you which means that 95 percent it'll be easy to be like oh no 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 stay on stay on over that's the way over there one of the greatest things antonio ever taught me was there's some people in your life you can't cut out but you can love them way over there <laughs> way over there 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 is family that 
Now, be careful because if you owe your journey, you may be the family member that needs to be loved way over there. You may be somebody else's 95%. So don't be arrogant about your 5%. I had to learn that one the hard way. You know, because you know, when you first start this journey, you be like, I'm all positive, only positive vibes, only da 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 da. But for somebody else, you're not their positive vibes. You the you the people they need to love way over there. Just want to throw that out there. So that top five percent is extremely important. And when it comes to distractions, yes, I am my own distraction, but the food I eat is a distraction too. Because if I eat the wrong kind of foods in the middle of the day, I'm exhausted. So I need to take a nap when in all actuality, no food, you just ate the wrong foods. And because you ate the wrong foods, excuse me, because you ate the wrong foods, you were no longer at the vibration you need to be for your 5%. For me, I understand and realize that how a food or dish is cooked determines how my body responds to it and I'm not talking about the physical cooking of it I'm talking about whoever prepared that meal whatever energy they were in while they were preparing that meal is going to affect me how did I learn this I paid I started paying attention to the meals that I ate who prepared those meals and how I felt afterwards And when I started paying attention to that, I started laying off of certain foods prepared by certain people. And I realized, wait a minute. I just ate the same meal cooked by somebody else that I would normally eat cooked by this person. And I didn't feel the same way afterwards. What you put in your mouth is just as important as what you allow in your energy space. Because you're allowing that energy into your garden. Have you ever have you ever eaten a meal cooked by somebody who's always exhausted, always tired, always complaining, always irritated? And then after you ate that meal, you instantly became tired or irritated. Or you instantly started complaining about something or you just instantly like you just needed a nap. And it's not. We call it the itis. No, it's not the itis. It's the energy it was cooked in. Because my grandmother could cook a whole meal and I'd be ready to go outside and play after I eat. Versus my auntie who always complaining cooking a meal and now I need to go home and take a nap. I just want to put that out there because I am, I, I have learned that it's all connected. So my top 5% also needs to reflect my body, my physical. It also needs to reflect my mental health. It needs to reflect my spiritual health. Because I can focus on my 5% all day, every day. I can, I can be focused on my 5% all day. But if I pick up the phone and have a conversation with the wrong person if I eat a meal prepared by the wrong people if I eat a meal based on my emotions 
my the five percent is out the door so my five percent needs to go towards not just my focus but the stuff I do to myself I should be in my top five percent because if I'm not everything else is it, it don't make no damn sense to do it <laughs> also not- the way you eat you know, if you if you plop down next to your computer with something and you start eating or you're looking at Facebook and all that. But if you like how when you go out for fine dining and they're serving you and, you know, you sit, sit up straighter and you're eating nicer, um, chewing your food more. I mean, if you treat yourself like that, you know, treat yourself like royalty. When that plate is in front of you and and act that way and you're going to enjoy it more. Yeah. And you won't eat as much probably. I agree. 10,000% Miss Susan. I need to do that too. You (laughs) (laughs) You can ask Grace. I'm one of those people. I don't like eating while driving. I don't like eating in the car. I don't like eating while working. I don't like... I don't like eating while talking on the phone. I will, if I prepare a meal and somebody calls me and I have to take that call, I will reheat my food before I eat while I'm on the phone because I like to sit and enjoy my meal, especially when I fix a good salad with some pico de gallo and some, some bell peppers and some mushrooms and some cucumbers. I'm sorry. I look, I'll go in on a salad. I like my steak, but I will go in on a salad. Let me tell you something. <laughs> so I want to challenge everyone for the rest of this week. Be mindful of what you allow in your energy space and what you eat and how it affects your 5% focus. So for breakfast, if you eat scrambled egg with some sausage and some toast and some orange juice and the rest of the day you energize and you ready to go and da 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 make note of that. And then the next morning, if you decide to eat a Bronco burrito, I'm just throwing that out there as an example. That's one of our things down here. It's one of the best places. It's been on TV a couple of times. If you decide to eat a Bronco burrito and the moment you finish eating, you need to go take a nap. You may need to evaluate, reevaluate your breakfast choices. If you, sugar content, orange juice has tons of sugar. Yes, it does. Um, that's why people drink it because they get that rush, but then it goes away. Um, so eat a whole orange instead. Oh, yeah. Or grapefruit or whatever fruit you like. Oh, speaking of oranges, Miss Susan, I forgot to Don asked specifically for oranges you can peel. I asked him what type of fruit he wanted. I forgot to get his oranges. Thank you, Miss Susan, for reminding yeah. me. Uh-oh. We got Mr. Reggie for all oh, his audio ain't on. Y'all need him to turn on his audio. We got big Reg in the building. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is something. I know. Hey, Reggie. Good merchant. Good merchant. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Good to see you. That's the that's Mr. Richie Paul. For those of you who are new to the group, that's Mr. Richie Paul. The 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 six foot, the six foot twenty. 
a big <laughs> Negro. <laughs> Y'all know the uncle that everybody should have, but don't have. That's Reggie Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to see y'all. I know that it's real good. Nice smile for the night. Good to see you. So we have been talking about retraining your subconscious mind, and Mr. Phil and Miss Susan so wonderfully gave us three questions to ask ourselves because we are talking about focusing on your top five percent and not focusing on the ninety-five percent of the things that happen in your life. So I put the questions in the chat. I'll text them to you too, um, and that way you can. Uh, uh, oh, that's not the link I wanted. Okay. And that way you can answer the questions for yourself. But it's good to see you. Good, good to see you. So that's what, now, okay. If y'all haven't seen Reggie Paul lately, y'all know he used to be a little on the thick side, right? This dude is like super slender now because he paid attention to the energy fields he put into his body. Like last time I saw him, I was like, wait a minute, what happened? Like he he is he is slender now. You know, he has released his weight. He didn't lose it and find it. He released it and it is gone. <laughs> and then, you know, his locks are like halfway down his back now. So, you know. But thank you so much. Ooh, Reggie, good to see you. Is he in a medium? I think so, Renee. I think he is in a medium. I don't, you know what? I a medium for him, you know, medium for him and a medium for us is two different sizes. <laughs> a medium on him is like extra large on us because <laughs> he's still a big dude. But I want to thank all of you so much, Grace. Do we have anything going on later on? Trinace must be on her break. Hey, Trinace. Uh, <laughs> Prophet J, Coach Renee, uh, is there pain 2020 today? I'm going to try. I got a podcast and got church tonight. Okay. So I'm gonna try. Okay. So if we do have it, that'll be it. That'll it'll be on the uh, it's a simply a wonders, right? Simply a wonders page on Facebook yeah. at uh 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Woo! All right. So if we don't see you guys tonight for paying 2020, we will see everyone tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. for always becoming and then those of you who are part of pathbender we shall see you all at 6 p.m. these are central standard times so we have 11 a.m. central 12 p.m. eastern 9 a.m. pacific for always becoming then we have 6 p.m. central 7 p.m. eastern 4 p.m. pacific for pathbender I love you all. Have an amazing, productive day. Focus only on your 5%. Love you all. You can plant better. You can dominate. Love you more. Love you more. Love you more. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.